Jesus helps a man walk. Book of John, chapter number 5. We understand that, that we live and breathe and have our being in, in, in God. He allows it. Uh, and in reality, whenever we have things in our life that we face, if we're going to make it through, God has to be the one to get us through it. We can't go through it ourselves. And, and throughout the Bible, we read of instances and stories that down through time, everything that people have been through, everything that, that God has allowed people to go through, God has gotten them through it. It hadn't been an almost, it hadn't been a part of the way. It, it has been it has been that God thing. Uh, and, and there's a song, and I'm sure if Miss Felfi was here, she would know who sings it. Uh, but the, the name of the song, or, or I think the chorus of the song, it may be the name too, is, is it's a God thing. It's not a what I think thing. It's not a maybe thing. It's a God thing. And it's, it's a beautiful song. Book of John, chapter number 5, verse 1. And there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. And in, the, in these lay great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the movement of the water. For the angel went down to a certain season to the pool, and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole. And whatsoever disease he had, a certain man was there which had an infirmity of thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lie there, he knew he had been now a long time in that case. And he said unto him, He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Verse 7, The impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Take up thy bed. Excuse me, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. A lot of times, God has a plan for our life. And we miss it not because we don't believe him, but because other things get in our way. Jesus told this man, he said, do you, and I'm going to put this in layman's terms, Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Do you want me to heal you? Do you, wilt thou be made whole? Whatever you have, do you want it to be cured? This man said, I have nobody to help me. Are you going to take me to the pool? Are you going to help me? I've been laying here a long time. Are you going to get me in the pool? Did Jesus ask him if he needed help getting in the pool? Jesus didn't say, can, can I help you get in the pool? Jesus didn't say that. He said, wilt thou be made whole? Jesus did not ask the man, does he need help in the pool? He said, do you want me to heal you? Do you want me to, to fix you? Wilt thou be made whole? Jesus didn't ask if this man needed help. He didn't ask who. He didn't ask what. And yet that's what this man was focusing on. He said, he, he said I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me in the pool. That is not what Jesus asked. A lot of times in our life, God will give us a mission. God will give us an opportunity. God will put a burden on our heart. And, and, and we'll try to figure it out. We'll try to figure out exactly what's going on. We'll try to figure out what's happening. We'll try to figure out how it works. We'll try to make heads or tails of it. And God didn't tell us to make heads or tails of it. God didn't tell us to, God didn't tell us to figure it out. God said, believe. Jesus didn't say, do you want me to help you in this water? Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? He didn't ask the man, can I help you? He didn't ask the man, can any of us help you? He didn't ask the man, can, does anybody step in this pool before you? He said, wilt thou be made whole? 
The man said, I don't have anybody to help me. He said, even when sometimes I get close, somebody steps in the water before me. Jesus didn't ask him that. So many times whenever God is trying to work something in our life, we will try to figure it out our own self. There's a, I don't know how many, how long it's been going on, but it's a, a wedding tradition among people that dislike each other. And for, for somebody's wedding, what you do is you give them something that is so off the wall crazy that nobody knows what it is. And on the cards, you write the perfect gift for the perfect couple. And they'll spend weeks trying to figure out what it is and why it's the perfect gift. And it blows their mind. And a lot of times we try to figure out the things of God in the same way. It blows our mind because we don't know. Because to us in our mind, it don't make sense. This man had laid here for a long time and I, I, I don't think anybody has ever walked up to him and said, wilt thou be made whole? I doubt anybody had ever said that to him. And yet Jesus came and he said, wilt thou be made whole? Do you want me to heal you? Do you want me to help you? I can fix you, will you let me? And instead of saying yes, the man comes up with these excuses. It's like the woman at the well. Jesus said, Jesus said, will you take of this living water that I have to give? The woman said, you have no pot. <laughs> She's focusing on things that, that constricts God to man's laws. God is not constricted to our laws. God is not constricted to the things that we think, to the things that might could happen, to the things that we can understand. God is outside of that. Whenever God puts a calling on our life, He don't tell us to understand it. He don't tell us to make sense of it. Jesus healed the blind man and the, the rulers came to him. And they said, what has happened? What, 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 what's going on? The man said, I, I don't know. He said, all I know is I was blind. And now I see. If we're going to allow Jesus to work in our life, we have to have that mindset. We, we shouldn't have to understand it. Right? Ain't that what faith is? Not understanding it, but believing it anyway. We're not going to understand God. We're not going to wrap our mind around it. Anybody ever got lost reading the Bible? People used to say, I get lost in Revelations. I don't. I don't get lost in Revelations. I get lost in Ezekiel. I get lost in Isaiah. I get lost in Daniel. I get lost in Matthew. We get lost in the Bible because we, we try to see it with our mind and we try to wrap our head around it and we try to say, God, why don't I understand this? You know there's mysteries in the Bible? There's mysteries in the Bible that we are not to understand until our appointed time. There's things in the Bible that we're not going to be able to wrap our head around. There's things in the Bible that no matter how hard we may try, we will always be lacking. Because his thoughts aren't our thoughts and his ways aren't our ways. And if we try to understand him, we're going to spend the next forever trying to comprehend something that is, for lack of a better term, uncomprehendable. And it is. It is uncomprehendable. You can't Google an answer because other people don't understand it either. These things have to be revealed by God. These things have to be given to us by God. And he asked the man at the pool, he said, wilt thou be made whole? The only person 
that could make him whole was Jesus. Nobody else there was going to help him in the pool because they were too busy trying to get their own self in the pool. He couldn't get in the pool because he had some sort of infirmity that hindered him. And whenever he would get close, somebody would beat him to it. He couldn't save himself. Other people around him could not save him. It took God. But it took this man believing in God first. It took this man believing in Jesus first. It says in verse 9, and immediately. Jesus told him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. Jesus made him whole because the man let him. Because the man believed in him. Because even after he offered excuses of, you can't help me in the pool. You, you can't do this for me. I don't know what's going to happen. Even after that, Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. If Jesus would have been a southerner, he said, he, 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 he said, get all that out of your mind, get your bed, and get up out of here. <coughs> and the man got his stuff, he stood up, and he got out. He believed in Jesus. He didn't try to understand it. He didn't try to wrap his hand around it. If we try to understand God today, we're, we're going to come up lacking. We're going to come up short. The problem is, we only see half the picture. You ever seen those artists paint? I showed Emily a video of it last week. The, the guy painted the uh, the World War One uh, with uh, the guys holding up the flag. He painted it during the national anthem while he sang the national anthem at a basketball game, and he painted it upside down. And whenever he finished, he flipped it over, and you could see what it was. But before it was flipped over, you couldn't tell what it was. You, you ever seen people paint like that? It's really cool. You, you can look up a video of it. Um, people will paint upside down. And before the picture is flipped over, you don't know what it is. And, and it's really neat because you're not seeing the same picture they're seeing. They have it in their mind exactly what it's supposed to look like. But you just can't get it. You'll sit there and frustrate yourself trying to figure out why can't you get it. There's another picture that's used in psychology a lot. It's in psychology textbooks. It's a terrible, awful picture that messes with your head. It's an illusion, but it's on Facebook and it's on the internet if you Google upside down plate. And if you look at it, it's, it's three paper plates. And the first time you look at it, they'll look like they're right side up. But the moment that you see them upside down, They'll be upside down forever. You'll never be able to re-unsee it. Because you're not seeing the whole thing. You're not seeing the perspective. You're not seeing the whole picture. And whenever we try to understand the things that God has commanded in our life, we're not seeing the whole picture. We're not doing it. I was watching TV one time. It was a couple years ago. It was a lawyer episode. I won't ever forget it. It related so much to what I was studying at the time in Bible class, uh, Bible study. But it was a it was a lawyer presenting his case to a judge, and a lawyer stood up. I think he was the the prosecuting attorney. I don't remember. Anyway, he stood up. He presented his case to the jury. The whole time he was presenting, I mean, laying out the facts. I mean, just condemning this guy, the defense attorney, and the the guy that the accused was sitting over here. Just grinning, smiling, not bothered at all by the things that this guy's saying. And I mean laying out evidence, laying out this, that, and the other. I mean just going to town. 
Whenever he finally got finished, the defense attorney stood up. He brought the man forward. He said, can you tell us something or other? And a man told him, and he presented his alibi, that it was 100% certain and for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that he could have committed the crime that the guy was prosecuting him for. The prosecutor did not know that because he was sitting there presenting his case. He was sitting there going to town, but he did not see the whole picture. He didn't understand what they had prepared. He didn't know the evidence that they had not yet presented. He couldn't see it all. That's the way we are. We can't see everything. God's not going to allow us to see everything. We can see what's happening to me and you right now in this church. Some of us can. Miss Jan can't see the back row. But you, you can see what's happening up here. I can't see the baptistry, but I can see what's happening over here. We are restricted in what exactly we can see and comprehend in this world. And what's happening in Pine right now, we may see it on Facebook later. We may read it in the newspaper on Wednesday. But we can't see it right now. God can. We can't see what's happening in the hearts of people right now. But God can. We can't see what's going to happen in the hearts of people tomorrow. But God can. We can't see the way everything, if if you've never seen it. I I use a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And and there's a picture. uh, Thompson had, yeah, I think it's Thompson. Thompson had it in a uh, catalog that they give out several years ago. But it was a picture depicting the chain reference in the Thompson Bible. And so they had the scripture laid out, Genesis on this side, Exodus, Leviticus, all the way to Revelation. And whenever there would be a, a reference jumping back, they would take and draw a line going back. And whenever they finished referencing every scripture throughout the Bible, it created a beautiful picture in that every book of the Bible was connected to every other book of the Bible. Everything was going back and forward. Everything was connected. But whenever Moses was writing, he didn't understand what Matthew was. When Paul was writing, he didn't understand what Revelation was. And yet it's all interconnected. It's all put together. I believe that Daniel and and even Isaiah was given visions from God and and given what to write down. But they didn't understand what what Jesus was going to go through. They, They didn't know what it looked like. They'd never seen it before. But God gave them what to write down. God gave them the picture. And without knowing all the rest of it, they in faith took what God gave them. We're not going to know all the rest of it. We can't see tomorrow. We can't see what's happening elsewhere. God didn't tell us to. God didn't tell us, hey, make sure you're paying attention because there's going to be somebody coming around that's going to help you in this pool. God said, let me heal you. Jesus said, will thou be made whole? Will you listen to me? Will you pay attention? Will you believe in me? Don't offer excuses of, well, I don't know this and I don't know that and maybe this and maybe that. Whoop-de-doo. There'll never be a scarier or more reassuring feeling. I'm not going to say never. There has never been a more scary and reassuring feeling in my life than whenever I believe in God and I don't know where he's taking me. It's scary. It's terrifying. Whenever we believe in him, it's, it's, it's like the, the husband and wife 
baby, I got a, I got a present for you. I got a surprise for you, but you got to cover your eyes and you got to follow me. What's, what do they always want to do? They always want to eat, right? <laughs> they always want to. They'll shuffle and they'll feel because they don't trust you. They don't. Try to be a spouse when you get home. They don't trust you for good reason, but they probably don't. But whenever we cover our eyes and we deny ourselves and we believe in God, it is terrifyingly joyful all at the same time the reassurance that, that God gives us through our faith is something that we can't get in this world God didn't ask us to figure it out God didn't tell us to make sense of it God didn't say I'm going to give you all the answers and you make the right decision God said I'm going to guide you you hold on we're going for a ride Today, if God is burdening you for decisions to make in your life, trust in Him. If God has laid something on your heart, a way for you to serve in the church and the community, in your work and in your family, trust Him. He knows what He's talking about. Step out in faith. Trust that, that wherever you're going, that He's leading you, will be good for you. He'll be good for everybody. Jesus asked the man, he said, will thou be made whole? It's as simple as yes or no. Will we allow God to lead our life? Will we allow God to be the center of our life? It's as simple as yes or no. Well, we have a verse of a song. I'd like to ask for a verse of invitation if someone would have something.